There's nothing more beautiful than the changing of the leaves. Except, of course, the changing of the tires at Les Schwab. It's breathtaking. So head in before the weather turns and take advantage of one of our biggest sales of the year. Les Schwab Tires. Doing the right thing matters. All right, we got a big one in week three for the Seattle Seahawks as uh, Coach Pete Carroll's taking his team back to Tennessee to take on the Titans. And Pete Carroll joins us for his weekly visit. Coach, good to talk to you today. Hey, Dory, what's going on? You good are. To be with you. You're going on. Uh, you've had, a, what, five days now to reflect on what turned out to be a real hard fought win over the 49ers. What was going on there last Sunday? Well, we uh, we missed early opportunities, you know, to score touchdowns um, by not hanging on to the football, which is kind of, you know, un- unfamiliar to us. And uh, it wound up being a tight game. We had a chance to put it out ahead and really get command of it. And, and so it stayed close, stayed tight. And uh, it just, you know, got to be a hard-fought football game. And uh, we had a lot of stuff that we did well. You know, had 45 plays in the first half and a bunch of first downs and time of possession, all that kind of stuff, but we didn't have the points to show for it. And so it turned out to be a tough game, and, and unfortunately everybody came through. We finished really well. Uh, we took care of the fourth quarter like we needed to and, and got the win, and and uh, we move ahead with, with really some good lessons learned. And, and what have you learned offensively? With uh, I know that one touchdown in two games is far short of where you want to be, so what are you learning about the this team offensively? Well, you, you you do you can't help but realize we've we've been a very explosive team. You know, we've been always up in the top of the league for explosive plays, and whereas we haven't had them in the first two weeks, it's it's hard to score. It's really hard to get your points on the board. You know, we all know that you know you got to score in the red zone. That's that's you know you got to score touchdowns. Uh, but even more than that, it, you know that we have to continue to create our explosives, and 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 without them, it, the game goes right back to the defense and, and John Ryan punting the football. And so uh, that's where we separate. Uh, we're doing a really good job taking care of the ball, um, but um, we need to get the football off our opponents. We need to make sure that we're doing our, our part here. And so explosive plays are a big part of it. Yeah, and you're not alone. I mean, offense is is down about 11% around the league versus the first two weeks over the last eight years. And uh, it's, this seems to be something that's that's happening across the league. Have you figured out why that might be? Well, I don't know yet. It's too soon to tell. And uh, I know that you know we haven't always started really well early in the year, and we get going. But so we'll see how that how that turns. But uh, it is definitely around the rest of the league, and and uh, we'll, we'll see. I've got some. I've got some guesses here, but I'm not going to put them out there yet. Okay. All right. There are so many storylines coming out of of last weekend that I was excited to talk to you about, and one of them was the fact that Richard Sherman even played in that game. And I heard you talking on on Monday about just the unbelievable competitive fire in these guys. You know, Russell did it through his injuries last year, and and Sherm did it last Sunday. And I wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper about the competitive fire that sets some of these guys apart. Where where does that come from? Have you have you been able to figure out a common thread there? Well, for, first, you know, just to make a comment about about Sherm that um, you know his mentality from the moment that he realized and he got his test and the MRI and they saw you know what was going on with his injury, he absolutely refused to accept it. I mean, there was not even a moment or an instant when, when he accepted the fact that, oh, boy, I'm hurt and I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, it was almost like he was in denial. And that fueled his outlook that just carried him through. He got out on the field on Wednesday and he did some running and he looked really, 
really okay. And then he ran again on Thursday and looked looked like he was fine. And the the docs and the trainers were just scratching their head, you know, because wait, he's he's got a problem here that isn't that isn't manifesting, you know. And and then Friday he practiced, you know. So even all the way up until pregame, uh, we tested him in pregame, and and uh, I had talked to him a lot in the process so that we would be on the same page, and you know he wouldn't jeopardize the team by you know hoping he could play. Um, he he was convincing, and he felt it, and he he played a really good football game uh, as he did the week before when he when he got injured, and so. Okay, so that's that's Sherm's deal. What what happens here is there's guys and you know we watched Russell do this last year as well, and other guys have you know in the past that they just will not accept the fact uh, uh, and the reality that they are not going to be able to do what they want to do, and the the heart is there and the brain is there and they just would not accept it, and so they do mar- marvelous miraculous things, <laughs> and the docs can't explain it, and so um, I think it's a great statement of their their strength and their, their, uh, their, not, I don't know if it's courage as much as it's just this drive and will, you know, we yeah. refer to it as kind of the, the grit and it's what comes out of the passion and this extraordinary ability to persevere, you know, and they just will not accept any setbacks. And yeah. So, as you know, you it's, a, it's an amazing thing. I'm, I'm always looking for life lessons that we extrapolate from all this. And I, I guess I, I figure everybody who plays at, at this level, at the highest level, that they all have that mentality. But it sounds like you're telling me, even within the the subset of NFL players, there are varying degrees of mentality among those guys. Even absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, just because you're a ball player doesn't mean that you have all the same makeup as another. And there's that's why there's great players and there's great performers and all that. You know, and they separate. From 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 the crowd in, in in certain ways, and I think that's what you're seeing. So no, that's the case. Yeah. All right. The other storyline that I'm fascinated by is Chris Carson, and and here's a guy who's a seventh round draft pick, which means he he didn't go unnoticed. But I just figure with all of the video and scouting and GPS tracking that you guys know exactly what you got coming or, you know, when you go into the draft and yet there are always these stories that surprise. I mean, I, I can figure out how 60 years ago, you know, Johnny Unitas could be a ninth round pick or Bart Starr a 17th round pick. It's hard for me to believe that guys come into the NFL and then can take such a leap forward. Where does that come from? Well, you know, when uh, when John and I looked at at this guy in particular, uh, he jumped off the film, and we we didn't hold um, the numbers or the or the history of his you know his college career, his four year career against him. You know, I, I being a junior college guy myself, maybe I don't know. You know, we had a little compassion for the you know sometimes guys when they go to four year colleges don't always have a, a really productive first year, which he didn't, and uh, and then. You know, it can be there's circumstances, and so I, I we just loved his style. You know, his style of running, his his he has he's, he's got a way about him, and he's very aggressive, and he was very good as he was attacking the line of scrimmage, attacking tacklers, and attacking the goal line mm-hmm. that just separated him. I thought you could see other uh, great players' qualities in his style, and and uh, so you know, I was sweating it out. I I wanted to be on our team. And, all the way down to the seventh round, John assured me that we would be able to get him there, and, and uh, he was likely to be a free agent otherwise. And 
And so we we nailed it and and, and took care of business. And then he's, he's, so far, he's done really well. Yeah, he has. By the way, how'd you like me pulling out a Johnny Unitas and Bart Starr references? That was good. You don't, that was good. You, you that don't get that. You don't get that from those twenty-five-year-old bloggers you talk to the rest of the week. There you go. You're obviously not a millennial. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Twelfth uh, man flag raiser. Uh, we enjoyed having Lofa Tatupu on the pregame show last Sunday, and uh, I wanted to play for you a couple of things he said. Uh, one, Jordan Babineau asked him his favorite football memory. What was your favorite memory uh, over the years that you've played? Um, winning the NFC Championship. Uh- I mean, he didn't hesitate, Pete. And this is a guy who took the Seahawks, helped them to their first ever Super Bowl, but he just immediately went in the national championship. That was the biggest deal for him right off the top of his head. Wow. Good. Good. It was, I was thrilled to see him. You know, I love Lo Five. I've got old stories, you know, about him and coming to SC and all that that I just love. But uh, I, I, I watched our guys on the sidelines who had played with him um, really you know, regard him so highly when, they, when he was recognized to be up there and all that. It was really a, a great moment. Hearing him talk about a national championship, before I play you the, the other cut from Lofa, uh, it reminds me, I watched that USC-Texas game Saturday night, two OTs. Yeah. Did that take you back to that, uh, maybe some people, many people think the greatest college game ever when you guys played them in 06? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought it was really fun watching the game. It went didn't go like we had hoped. We thought it would be a, a better, a bigger win, but it was really dramatic in the way it finished. And they did a great job to get to get that win under the circumstances. But yeah, of course it did. You know, I, matter of fact, on Saturday morning, I shared with our guys uh, before our, as our meetings were starting just the story, so they would have the background. And I asked them, uh, okay, well, you know, do you remember where you were when this game was played and how old you were? And, you know, guys were in fourth grade. <laughs> you know, uh, David Moore asked me, well, you know, were you mad at, at the quarterback when, when he fumbled that foot? Or, or no, when, he, when he, his knee hit the ground and then he pitched it out? And I said, heck yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, I said, where were you then? He says, well, I was a fourth grader. <laughs> you know, what, I've, I've never asked you much about that game, but reflecting back on it, uh, I mean, you guys had a 34-game winning streak going into it, and, uh, you've had a lot of great wins and a lot of tough losses, but uh, where does that one rank for you? Well, that was that was about as difficult as anything because when when you get to that point after winning, you know, you have a chance to win the third national championship. That hadn't been done before, and we went into the year knowing, you know, that this was out there, and so we set our sights on it, and then we went every game all the way through it, and we keep the with the streak alive, whatever it was, and and, and here we are, we're down to 19 seconds, and and you know and we can win a game and, and uh, fourth and five or whatever it is. And, and we don't get it done. So it was, um, it's such a long road back to that point. Yeah. You know, if you, th- if you can even imagine think, okay, how long it took, how many games it took, how many extraordinary things had to take place to get back to the point where you could win three times in a row uh, to, to miss out on that shot, of getting it done. Uh, that was, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was li- lifelong. Yeah. And uh, so, um, but it, it was a wonderful moment to share with the players in the locker room that the 19 seconds isn't going to define who you are. And we were a great championship club and great championship players, and, and uh, we, we ran up against it this time. But you know, all of those things we had accomplished were real, yeah. and uh, we were true and all. So it was it was a great life life lesson in itself, right there. Okay, one more life lesson from Lofa Tatupo because he played for you, he worked on your coaching staff, and I asked him about you. Just tell us a little bit about coach. Um, 
I've never seen anybody with a greater hunger to be better than he was. I don't care if it's daily, weekly, I mean, just by the minute. He wants to be a better person the next minute than he was a minute ago. And it's just like, that's how he's, his approach is to the football team, with the way they draft, with the, you know, from the scouting, everything. It's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. And you see, well, I mean, I don't think he's going to be done coaching for at least another two decades. Okay, well, yeah, we'll we'll break that in half here. But is that a, is, is, I'm talking about low. There you go. Is that a fair assessment that uh, minute to minute, day to day, week to week, you just want to be better than where you were uh, a, a time segment ago? Well, you're either competing or you're not, Dory. You know, there's no in between. You're either going for it or you're not, and so that is it. I'm I'm honored that he sees it moment to moment because that's the way I see it too. And and uh, you know. That, yeah, I, that is pretty – I don't know. It hits home. It hits home. <laughs> That's good. And uh, you are going to coach for another two decades. Is that also a fair we'll, assessment? We'll take the first one. We'll, we'll go for that first one first, and then we'll see about that second one. <laughs> okay. All right. A uh, couple other quick things. Uh, injuries. You know, Richard Sherman last Sunday battled through it. Jimmy Graham, I know, has been uh, a question mark this week. Where are you at going into Sunday? Yeah, we'll 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 know how uh, Jimmy is. We'll go all the way to game time. You know, he's he's working on he worked on Friday, and and so we just got to make sure he's okay all the way to game time. He really feels like he can do it, uh, so we'll see. Um, other guys, Richard's fine. Uh, we're getting some other guys that are that are coming back a little bit, so um, we're, we're pretty strong going in. Okay, and give me uh, a, a quick assessment on the Tennessee Titans. Well, this is a good club. They, they've drafted well and acquired a lot of good talent, and, and uh, they've got a lot of highlight players, and they're young. They're young and aggressive and got a good style about them. Very creative team, too. Uh, I say young, and then Dick LeBeau's over there, you know, and Dick's been coaching for 45 years in the NFL, if you can imagine, and he's one of the most creative guys you ever will go against. And so he'll give us uh, all the problems you can you know, you can want to try to handle uh, with the blitzes and the pressures and the looks and, and the disguising and all of that. Offensively, because of the running quarterback, and they know they have one, they've got real good scheme and style in, in, in utilizing him to accent a, a, you know, in a style that they want to run the football. So they've got a running quarterback that's really talented, uh, a really poised kid too, great competitor. So uh, this is a really difficult team for the future, and, and I'm hoping we can get, get by this game, find a way to win it, and, and then put them back in their division for a while and not have to mess yeah. with them. Man, I mean, you mentioned Dick LeBeau. He was a player for 13 years before he became a coach, so he's been on NFL fields, Pete, for 58 years. That's longer than I've been alive, and I'm starting to get really old. Oh, that's something, man. And he's a, I ran into him at Alabama in this offseason during you know the – the scouting part of stuff, and and I talked to him about some things, and 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 was asking him about you know creativity, and and does he is he still charged by that? Just as fiery and feisty as ever, you know, and and uh, you know he's always a little guy, you know, was a player, and so he had to have that feistiness, and he's kind of that Doug Baldwin type of guy, and like kind of like Earl, and and uh, it's driven him to a, an extraordinary Hall of Fame all time ever, you know, coaching career. Well, when I asked you last Friday about being the oldest head coach, you said your wife attributed it to zeal. Sounds like Dick LeBeau has some zeal. He's loaded, man. He's got all the <laughs> all the fire and, and grit and zeal you could ask for. Yeah, that's right. All right, Pete, uh, have a safe trip back to Tennessee. Go get a victory, and I will look forward to talking to you again next week. Sounds good, Dory. Nice to talk to you again. All right. Head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll. Lots more to come.